Welcome to the Let's Talk Data podcast series presented by SAP, where we explore game-changing technologies for the mid-market with leading SAP HANA experts. Welcome to our Let's Talk Data podcast series. My name is Ginger, and I'll be your host for this series. Today, our topic is mid-market data management to drive the intelligent enterprise. And for such a smart conversation, I've brought in two experts. I have Natalie here. from She's a business development manager for our platform solutions. She's our mid-market expert on the call. Welcome, Natalie. I'm glad that you're here. Ginger, thanks for having me. Oh, great. So happy you can be here. And Silvio is also joining us. He's part of our go-to-market for our digital platform. He's been blogging a lot, doing a lot of stuff. So you've probably seen him out there. So Silvio, thank you so much for joining. Thank you, Ginger. It's I'm so pleasure. glad. So glad you're both here. So I want us to start about really talking about what we mean by the intelligent enterprise. And we all know that innovation is important to the health of any organization, but you can't think about innovation without thinking about technology. If we look at what's happened over the past several years, record profits, record profits from major corporations have been contributed to technology is really driving the innovation. So the real question that we want to talk about today is how can we leverage technology to innovate better? And not just about the products that are created, but also about processes and customer experiences. So we here at SAP, we believe that we have to evolve your business into what we call the intelligent enterprise. So what is the intelligent enterprise? An intelligent enterprise is a company that leverages data-driven insight to automate decision-making. And what we mean by that, consider every day at your company, for those of you that are listening or from all different types of companies all around the world, you're generating thousands of data points every day from business transactions, from smart devices, customer sentiment, user feedback, and maybe even blockchain records. Imagine using machine learning and artificial intelligence to find previously unseen patterns in this data and to predict which of those patterns will lead to specific behaviors or functional outcomes and then lead to carry out automatically the best course of action each time these patterns are detected. For example, an HR system that sorts through filters and resumes um, and removes bias when we're bringing in those resumes Uh, Imagine a marketing system that sends out personalized promotions in real time. I actually saw a demo of our marketing system where in Netflix, the stars, the outfits that they were wearing would actually come to you as an ad. So you're actually sending personalized promotions in real time depending on your location. And also imagine things like a production system that predicts and automatically takes the steps to prevent quality issues before your item even leaves a production line. If you can imagine those types of things, and you can imagine the power of an intelligent enterprise. So the intelligent enterprise isn't just automation. It's the future of product development, of customer engagement, of business operations. The intelligent enterprise is the future of business. So in order for SAP to achieve this intelligent enterprise, and in order for SAP to enable our customers to achieve this intelligent enterprise, data management is a critical part. So Natalie, I just explained SAP's vision for the intelligent enterprise and what it is that we're sharing with our customers and how we're trying to bring our customers along with us on this vision of the intelligent enterprise. 
In this podcast, we really want to talk about how this intelligent enterprise is unique for the mid-market. You're an expert on the mid-market. You know what's going on there. Tell us about the intelligent enterprise specifically for the mid-market. What, what's going to be required for data management in that space? Yeah, very good question. So I would say investments must be on point. So mid-market companies usually face limited budgets, and of course they need to have full transparency on licensing and the costs involved in a big data project. And speaking of big data projects, so the time to market is critical. Companies and markets are not willing to afford long implementation efforts the solutions they implement need to be standardized to a high degree, and um, those companies are usually not interested in getting solutions built for them starting from scratch. The companies want to rely on best practices and solutions with proven track records. So that's one point. The other point really we need to think about is human resources and talents, because mid-market companies usually don't have a huge IT department, and um, they cannot afford IT projects with huge implementation days. So we cannot block those IT resources and talent over a long period of time. So we need to face that mid-market companies um, also very often have heterogeneous environments, so the solutions of their choice will definitely be solutions who can handle SAP and non-SAP data sources. And when speaking of big data, another super important point is, of course, data reliability, because it's not only relevant for large enterprises, but also very important for mid-market companies. And for all decision-making, you need to have reliable data. And when you think about times which we have today, which have strict rules and regulations, like we have GDPR, mm -hmm. which uh, companies need to be you know, compliant to, you need to be able to have data reliability. So I think that's also something important. And Ginger, to your point, there is an IDC study, <laughs> which is really interesting, because it states that only 17% of mid-market companies have an enterprise-wide data management strategy. Wow. So I would say uh, a lot of room for improvement and a clear call to action to mid-markets. Right. And yeah, and maybe if, if we think about all of those points, I would say that whenever you have processes which can be automated, it will free up capability for workforce in the IT department to do more intelligent stuff, so really to analyze, for example, your big data instead of just handling it. So I would say there's a lot of room for improvement, and um, mid-market companies can take a lot of use of handling big data in a wise, intelligent way. Yeah, those are some great points you've made, and we'll talk a little bit more about that IDC study later, but you know, you said two things that I think are so critical. The time of the two-year implementation, 18-month implementation are gone, right? Yeah. We have to be really smart, we have to take advantage, and I really love the point you made about processes that can be automated to free up the workforce, right? The workforce is finite. Um, and we all know that you know we're really dealing with the aging workforce and a lot of millennials are bringing brought in, but the, the number of people that are available to do the work is finite, so we need to free them up to do really uh, innovative things, right? Absolutely. And Ginger, in some markets, you will not even find you know really qualified IT personnel, so mm -hmm. <laughs> you absolutely live uh, with the team you have, and we definitely 
assume that uh, the IT department will not grow just because big data is coming, but be prepared for it. I mean, there are solutions which can help you on the way. That's right. So a good point. So let's talk about some of these solutions. Um, when I was talking about the intelligent enterprise or the SAP marketing solution, these marketing solutions are so innovative and also a little scary from a consumer point of view, what, what they can do to really help you send out automated offers. But SAP has a whole suite. We have a lot of applications within our S4 uh, suite and our cloud solutions that are really delivering SAP applications with intelligence, right? Because it's not like all these mid-market companies are going to have tons of data scientists to develop these algorithms. So we have a huge investment within SAP where we're bringing in data science close to the uh, close to the uh, industries that we're serving, right? Close to the applications. So some examples that that we're seeing, we have the SAP predictive maintenance and service that combines sensor data with uh, information and service history. And then we can use uh, machine learning algorithms for, for health indicators, right? Because we, you know, we really need to make sure that things are fixed before they're broken. And we need to make sure that we, we, did, we get the best life we can out of the machines that we're using and optimizing all of our production schedules. So this is a very real application that's in the market today. Another one is the SAP Cash application, which is, um, uh, in the finance area, uh, improving a lot with intelligent invoice ma matching that's powered by machine learning. So that's going to do a lot to remove a lot of the manual labor uh, out of the manual invoice matching for ones that, that fall outside of the criteria. So now it's going to be more intelligent to make sure more, more of the invoices are matching. And we're seeing a lot of innovation in the HR area with our SuccessFactors cloud applications. I mentioned earlier um, about the recruiting process, right? Because we need to bring in the rest. The, when you're recruiting people, you need to find the best people. And you also need to find those people without bias, right? So we have to make sure that the people we have doing the development of the application, the data scientists, we're bringing in a diverse team, which SAP, we all know, is great with diversity, right? We've got people here. I'm a Texan. I'm born in the U.S. Silvio, where were you born? I was born in Italy. Italy. <laughs> Natalie, where were you uh, born? I was born in Germany, and I'm half French. So I'm half French. So there we go. So there, there. We just need someone from the APJ region, and we'd, we'd be a global podcast here. Yeah. But it's very critical that we have diverse teams of program of programmers writing the the code and the data science behind these solutions. And we really have a lot of innovation going on. Success factors. Now, Silvio, I know that you're involved in go to market for our digital platform. So, and I know that there's an application. I don't know that much about this workforce insight application. I know it's really innovative, doing a lot of intelligence. Tell tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's a it's a great example actually of how machine learning can now be used to uh, to deliver some very concrete uh, improvements uh, to uh, real life processes, even you know in in processes that are quite uh, traditional on, on one side, like the uh, hiring process that, that have been there for ages now in each and every company. But what we can achieve these days with, with machine learning is, uh, is really quite impressive. So uh, what we did with uh, in the SAP Data Networks application, we delivered this package with uh, some uh, prepackaged uh, machine learning algorithms that are ready to go for, uh, for companies to use. Uh, and they can be used to improve the uh, the process with some very advanced uh, insights, like for example, um, uh, comparing the, uh, the 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 actual skill sets that are normally associated to a to a job role or to a job posting 
using a very wide um, set of, of, uh, of anonymized data that we collected uh, through our cloud platforms. Uh, so analyzing uh, an enormous quantity of data from, from previous hires, so that now we can enable hiring managers uh, to actually uh, determine, for example, uh, which are the best matches for a, for a certain role without having to rely on uh, single CVs or, uh, or, uh, or on the job title, which is uh, typically what was happening so far, uh, because now we can, we, we can look at the actual complete skill set of, uh, of the candidates. And uh, we can also determine um, by correlating and, uh, and, and clustering the, the salaries and locations, we can also determine which is the best uh, location uh, for uh, for each single uh, job role or job posting that uh, uh, that, that we are looking for, so uh, uh, something that wasn't really possible with uh, with traditional approaches. Yeah, I think I remembered seeing a demo, and we'll be sure and put the link for SAP Data Networks. They're doing a lot of innovative things. I think in the demo they had, they were looking for a data scientist, and what they were showing that you know, how much a data scientist would cost, but these other job roles, just like what you said, an alternate job role could bring in similar skills, right, but not cost the company so much money. Is that kind of what you're talking about? We don't just look at the job role, Cole, we look at all the skills. Exactly, we look up. at all the skill okay. sets. And, and on one side, this allows hiring managers to avoid spending efforts on candidates that then reveal themselves not being the, you know, the best match because actually even though they had the same exact job title from the current job. Maybe they were doing something completely different or slightly different or, or in a different context. And, uh, and sometimes you might be missing on, uh, on, uh, on, on candidates which, might, uh, which could be much better matches to what you're looking for just because maybe they have um, a different job title but, but even though they, they, they have the perfect skills. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, having a 360 views, <laughs> degrees view, on, uh, on, uh, on the actual candidate, on his experiences, his or her experiences, and, uh, and the skill sets which have been acknowledged also by his peers, uh, and correlating that to the actual skills uh, of the job role and the deviations you know, that are typical in, in those skills uh, does greatly help in, in finding the right ones. Yeah. So when we're bringing in, you know, when we're doing this complex type of data matching and dealing with different types of data, so how does, I know you're an expert on data management and technologies and what we're doing yeah. there. How does the, the, just managing this data management change when you have so much innovation that's going on in technologies and all these types of data, what, I mean, what, what's going on there? What are you seeing with managing data? That's a very good question because um, you know Workforce Insights uh, is a is one of the of the nice uh, examples that we can mention. That, that there's a there's lots of different examples, of course, of how machine learning is currently uh, disrupting even some of the uh, of the most usual and critical processes in uh, in the enterprise. And the reason why machine learning is now uh, being implemented so widely in the enterprise is not because we had some scientific disruption. You know, ma machine learning was not invented two years ago. It's, it's been there for ages. But what changed, and the reason why it's being adopted now, is that now we finally have the data to feed and train the machine learning algorithms and to industrialize the usage in, uh, in actual uh, enterprise space. Uh, and, and, and that's the big difference. So I think that we are at a, at a moment in time where the enterprise is radically changing the way we are, we are managing processes and we're using the data. So on one side, 
all these innovations are really so nice to see and impacting on the actual adoption uh, and on the actual business. On the other side, uh, if you think of how we build uh, those algorithms and how we uh, collect the data and, and we feed the data into the algorithms, we are almost back to square one from a data management perspective because uh, the key innovation of, uh, of uh, using data science and machine learning is in being able to use different kinds of data from, from different sources in the enterprise. So uh, the reason why these algorithms are new is that they're not limited to just using, for example, traditional structured data from, from backend mm -hmm. applications, which is what we had also 10 years ago. Uh, so the reason why they're so innovative is because now we are also using uh, data from uh, IoT sensors, for example. We're also using data from social feeds. Uh, we're also using data from, from documents uh, or from images, sometimes even from videos or sounds or uh, signals collected by electric sensors, you know, very fancy things that uh, five or ten years ago we would have never considered in an enterprise IT space. And, uh, on one side, that's really uh, uh, interesting to, to look at. So if you typically, in all of our customers, we see that there's always a bunch of data scientists that are very uh, enthusiastic of these innovations and, 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 and are very eager to bring them forward. But on the other side, if you look at it from an IT governance perspective or from an IT operations perspective, and if you put yourself in the shoes of, a, of the CIO, it can also be scary because in order to keep the pace of innovation and to be able to deliver those uh, innovation in, in business processes that are so critical to the enterprise, you now need to be able to, uh, to leverage some, some certain kinds of data that you never treated before. And on that side, we're back to square one because normally uh, you need to have one tool to manage IoT data, one tool to manage streaming data, one tool to manage images, and, uh, and of course, also your traditional tools to manage your structured data. And putting all of these tools together is very cumbersome and can be costly and can be the point where your innovation fails. Mm. And that's what's happening uh, a lot of times. So that's the downside uh, of uh, uh, this innovation and, and of what I see happening in the market right now. Hmm. So, what are we doing in this space? Tell us about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we're doing something. <laughs> of course, of course we are, because uh, we see that this this whole space of data management, data preparation, data cleansing, and, and, and data integration and enrichment is actually the, uh, the, 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 the critical point. It's the point where innovation projects can fail or it's actually the point where innovation projects can bring up some differentiating value compared to the competitors, for example. And uh, uh, so we delivered uh, at SAP, we delivered one product that is called SAP Data Hub, uh, where we have unified all of the integration, orchestration, and governance aspects for this kind of diverse and disparate data landscape that is typically needed to enable data science projects. So you can think of it as a sort of a Swiss Army knife that the, the scientists can use in order to do all of the preparation, the curation, the cleansing that is needed before he can start to, to actually work on the, uh, on the models and all the algorithms. So uh, in our view, that's the tool that will uh, enable all the data scientist teams to, uh, to overcome the, the limitations that they normally face in the enterprise 
when they try to industrialize their uh, their models and their uh, and their approaches and apply them to the uh, to the actual to the actual applications and, uh, and production landscapes. Okay, so uh, in order to deal with the complexities of data, this multifaceted data, what you said, streaming and IoT and social and video data, we have Data Hub to help with this, and this applies to the mid market as well. Would you say? Yes, indeed, because it's uh, it's an approach that applies to hybrid landscapes in general. So there, there will be uh, big companies who, of course, will apply them to very complex on-premise landscapes, but there will be also uh, not-so-big companies who, who will have the very same issues, uh, even just to manage data across two different cloud providers, maybe, or, uh, or uh, different data sets within the same cloud providers, but, you know, data with different natures, like streaming and, uh, and addressed, bulk and, uh, and, uh, and online and, and, and so on. So um, the cloud approach uh, makes it available also to, uh, to mid-sized company. Hmm. So it, we're not talking about big bank projects here. Okay. So you start small with a certain... You can start small, yeah, definitely. So Natalie mentioned that as we start to deal with these different complex data types and really doing the innovation technology drives that mid-market companies, you know, they're going to have the same IT department they had before, right, Natalie? And that's discussed in this IDC study, right, that you mentioned? It's the same IT department, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, that's quite a challenge. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think a question to both of you guys is um, – upskilling on the technologies, whether it's the, the things that SAP is putting into our own applications or, of course, customers are going to need to extend or maybe use Data Hub to bring in different types of data. Um, I mean, that's something that, uh, Silvio, I guess we're going to have to provide good, I mean, it's the same people, right? They're going to have to upskill on it, right? So if we look at a long-term traditional SAP person, what is your advice for having to ups upskilling on these? I mean, I assume Omen SAP, we have some blogs, and I know there's a trial, right, where people can get going on yep. some of these innovation tools, yeah? Yeah, on, on, on one side, we are trying to make it as easy as possible. So with uh, the availability of these new tools on the cloud, with uh, trial edition, with pre-configured images uh, that can be uh, literally spinned up in, uh, in, in an hour, so that it's up and running. So you have also exercises like academies and things that you can look at for uh, – for learning the product as quickly as possible. And on the other side, there's also an even bigger shift <laughs> that we are applying at SAP, is that we are not really using proprietary technologies anymore. So mm. all of the data management tools that, uh, that, that we are talking about, and Data Hub is a, is a key pillar there, uh, are typically built on, uh, on open technologies, on open mm. standards. So we are using Cloud Foundry, for example, for the Cloud Stack. Uh, data Hub supports all of the major uh, open source engines and technologies. So a data scientist that wants to leverage Data Hub, for example, will be able to reuse his or her models that, that they wrote in Python or TensorFlow or, uh, or Go or uh, Spark or uh, whatever, you know. So they, they, they will not be forced to enter immediately into the, uh, into the SAP uh, proprietary technologies. Of course, they will be able also to leverage SAP HANA. Uh, and, and its mm -hmm. engines, if they want. SAP Leonardo, we support it natively, but our promise is to keep it general purpose and, okay. uh, and to allow organizations to reuse as many skills as possible in their organizations. 
And I think, you know, data is the new gold. So I think mid-market uh, companies need to face that there's big data. You need to handle big data. And uh, I would recommend a good read. There is a recent IDC study which uh, covers specifically that topic with the name of the growing value of data management for mid-sized businesses. And I just recommend this as a good read uh, because I think to get familiarized of what um, is expecting you out there <laughs> absolutely is worth um, taking a look at it and especially keeping in mind that only 17% really of the mid-market companies have a strategy lined up so there's definitely uh, a lot of room for improvement. Yeah, okay, great. So we'll put the link to that study. We have it on our SAP uh, site. We also have mm -hmm. a link to some uh, infographic that has some of those statistics that Natalie was mentioning. Great. So mm -hmm. if I if I want to learn more, uh, where can I go? I guess SAP.com, we have our intelligent enterprise. I did want to mention we have a webcast with partners and customers with proof points of what they're doing. So I'll, we'll put the blog. So for example, we had CenturyLink and Cisco talk about improving their uh, supply chain order visibility. We have two coming up that are mid-market specific, one with the city of San Diego, a utilities company, and another one we have Centerpoint Energy, both talking about innovative uses. Now, Silvio, and these are not using Data Hub, but on one they're using, like you mentioned, HANA, HANA Spatial in the city of San Diego to talk about as part of their I Am San Diego program. And, and really talk about how spatial is really providing some real innovation in the city. So we'll put that blog also. And then, so Silvio, you've been blogging a lot, right? Also, you yeah. have some blogs on Data Hub. So we'll put those. Um, yeah, yeah, of course, we can uh, we can put it where um, I described uh, the evolution in the in the data management uh, landscape. Because as a, as we discussed previously, uh, data science is great uh, and it's really innovative, but uh, it brings in a whole new domain in terms of uh, integration needs, which is which wasn't really targeted by by previous tools. Okay, yeah, this is a really good blog on the evolution of data integration in the enterprise, kind of how it's evolved. All right, so I think uh, I think that's everything we wanted to point out. So Natalie, thank you for being here. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Ginger. And Silvio, thank you for being here. Thanks a lot, Ginger. It was my pleasure. All right. We'll see you guys on the next podcast. Thank you.